podcast on all things related to workplace safety. This week's episode is hosted by me, David Apkemeyer. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are based on my opinion and general best practices, which may not apply to all listeners. Always consult with a qualified professional before making any changes in your organization. We've all been there before. Maybe it's slipping on a patch of ice hidden under a fresh layer of snow, or missing a step while going down a flight of stairs. Or maybe it's tripping over an electrical cord or another item left lying around. There's no way around it. Slips, trips, and falls are a part of everyday life. In many cases, these falls only result in minor scrapes and bruises and possibly a bruised ego. But unfortunately, falls can often lead to much more serious injuries and even death. According to the National Safety Council, in 2019, there were 8,049,882 non-fatal injuries and 39,443 deaths as the result of falls. In fact, falls were the number one cause and were responsible for 32% of all non-fatal injuries. Additionally, falls ranked second only behind poisoning, accounting for 23% of preventable injury-related deaths. While these numbers are eye-opening, you may be wondering how many of these falls happened in a work setting. According to the NSC, in 2019, there were 857 deaths and 201,180 injuries resulting from falls in the workplace. While these numbers are a small percentage of the overall numbers, it's still too many. This results in an average of 1.6 deaths and 551 injuries per day. So, now that we've looked at the data, what can be done to reduce slips and falls? The most effective approach is to integrate key elements of a slip and fall program into your company's existing functions and procedures. This helps employees to incorporate reducing slip and fall exposures into their normal job duties. To develop or enhance your existing approach to slip and falls, you should start by identifying and addressing the factors involved in these four key elements, loss areas, exposures, existing policies and procedures, and roles and responsibilities. When looking at loss areas, consider the causes and locations of losses. Locations could include inside, outside, ladders, stairs, and more. Then you can dig deeper to look at exposures that could result in falls. Exposures can include specific areas of your business, like entrances, stairs, ramps, restrooms, kitchens, and cafeteria. They can also include conditions of various aspects of your building, including lighting, housekeeping, floors, parking lots, mats, and congestion in high traffic areas. Finally, Exposures can include things that are outside of your control, like weather or climate. Once you've identified your loss areas and exposures, take a look at your existing policies and procedures. Are they addressing your exposures? Are they effective? Have the goals of the policies been identified and clearly communicated? If you answer no to any or all of these questions, then it's time to make changes. The final key element to review and address is roles and responsibilities. This often goes hand-in-hand with policies and procedures. A comprehensive program will include preventative, routine, and reactionary items. Inspections will help address hazards before they result in slips or falls. Be sure to identify who is responsible for inspections. If you run multiple shifts, ensure you have someone or multiple people assigned to each shift. 
Inspections should be conducted regularly, both inside and outside your building. They should include past known causes of loss and current exposures. Findings should be documented and communicated to necessary parties. Training is also essential to ensure everyone understands roles, responsibilities, and expectations. Be sure you have knowledgeable and passionate trainers who routinely share the company's safety philosophy, policies, and procedures with both new and existing employees. Training topics might include job-specific tasks, personal protective equipment requirements, behavior expectations, how to report a hazard, safety measures related to specific hazards like ladders or stairs, and much more. In addition to routine training, training should be provided following an incident or any other situation that requires reinforcement of specific topics. Two significant hazards your program should address are spills or wet spots and snow and ice removal. In both instances, responsible parties should be clearly identified and there should be a process in place to contact them. Expectations for timing and actions to be taken should be communicated and understood. Necessary equipment should be available and easily accessible. If contractors are being used for either of these activities, be sure expectations are documented in writing and have the contractor provide you with a certificate of insurance. Also, clearly define who within your organization can contact them and when. Having these preventative and routine measures in place should help minimize slip and fall accidents. However, if an accident does occur, an investigation and accident report should follow. Those responsible for the investigation and reporting process should gather necessary facts, including witness statements, identify root causes, and provide a report to senior management and or the safety committee to review. Action should then be taken to prevent a reoccurrence. Finally, keep in mind slip and fall prevention is an ongoing process. It's important to continually reassess the various elements of your program. Start by determining how often you're going to review the items outlined in this podcast. I recommend doing it at least annually. Each review cycle should include an analysis of the following. Is slip and fall prevention a part of your overall safety culture? Have safety goals been met? Are your current program elements effective? If the answer is no to any of these items, it's time to determine what additional elements can either be added to or updated in your existing slip and fall program. While this can be a daunting process, if you remain committed to slip and fall prevention, you will see results. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and will join us again next week. Until then, please make time each day to create a safer workplace. Remember, what you do for safety today may prevent an injury tomorrow. 